A quick content note. This episode deals with topics of addiction and suicide. As always, we invite you to listen only as you're comfortable and take care of yourself. You said a little bit like you definitely feel more clarity. Like, can you expound on that? What like, what um, feels more clear? Like, just like my thoughts and stuff. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe t- take a second, think about it. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? You're like... <laughs> How clear are you, Tyler? Well, you know, like, my, th- my thoughts and stuff. <laughs> um. Oh, God. Oh. Uh- So, in August of 2019, I made a decision. I wasn't going to drink anymore. And look, I don't really have problematic behavior around alcohol. I've never missed work or blacked out or gotten in a fight. I didn't usually get too drunk to drive. But in the lead up to quitting, I was also finding more and more that I did not like going a night without drinking. Pre-COVID, I was performing comedy just about every night. And just about every show was in a bar. I would was meeting friends for drinks or going out with my wife on comedy free nights. And I felt myself start to get mildly antsy at the end of my day, anticipating the time when I could go get a drink. These were feelings I recognized as a problem because I've been exposed to alcoholism my entire life. So I got it out of my life because I find it easier to completely abstain from things than to tell myself I'll moderate. So far, I've been successful. I'm still not sure this is a promise I'll keep for the rest of my life, but for now, it just feels better to be sober. Tyler is also on a journey of sobriety, so today we're going to have a candid conversation about our relationship with alcohol and how we each deal with the challenges of giving it up. We are so glad you're here. You're listening to The Cure with Audrey Marsh and Tyler Weigert. Yeah, Tyler. Yes. How many days of sobriety do you have? From alcohol. Yeah, from alcohol. Been, I think thirty-five days as of today. Yeah. I saw you posted your thirty-day chip on Instagram. Yeah, I kind of regret doing that. Yeah, that's a very <laughs> bold move. That's a very bold move. Uh, why do you regret doing it? I don't know. It's kind of. I think I just put too much attention on myself and I kind of didn't want to do that. Oh, sometimes I think it's kind of douchey though. I don't know. I don't don't think it's douchey. It is maybe a little, I mean, all of Instagram is attention seeking. Yeah. I was thinking it was bold, not because it was attention seeking. I was thinking it was bold because now if I fuck up, well, yeah. Or like a lot of people know that you're, sober so the accountability goes up which is it's kind of i need that though yeah 
I know. Yeah. And that's actually like kind of my addict's mentality where I'm like, well, if I'm around people that I don't know that well, yeah, like maybe I could fuck up. Yeah. But. I think I do need somewhat of an accountability like uh me too yeah <laughs> i was just concerned about your level of accountability yeah but now i've like told like a lot of people that i've trying to quit drinking and uh t the bartender i like made him like promise me to never like serve him yeah serve me any drinks that's smart the, yeah the open mic that we all go to on mondays did you stop drinking because it had you were noticing it that it had become problematic or that it was becoming problematic or did you quit drinking because it was actually taking a real toll on your ability to function? I'd say like a mixture of like both or all three. Cause like I would have friends tell me like, tell her, I think you have like a problem with like drinking. Mm-hmm. And like, if I would like hang out with people, like that's all I would like want to do, you know? Right. And, like, it just got to a point where I was, like, I was making, like, really unsafe decisions, like, driving home, like, shit-faced. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the situation if you want to. With well, I mean, um, I wonder if it was your decision to quit drinking was somewhat precipitated by a night where many people who really love and care about you had to like wrestle you (laughs) to make uh to make you not drive home but i want you to know tyler like you're not the first person that that's ever happened to and i was um like i i don't know i was meaner to you that night than i felt i was trying like i was really like i was like maybe if i'm extra mean he'll listen (laughs) (laughs) so so i even said that like look dude i'm not like i'm not as mad as i seem right now i just feel like he'll listen to me if i'm really mad yeah <laughs> so like, i don't remember like a lot of that night yeah like, i remember like being in rob's car for like a second i remember like yelling mm-hmm. at you and uh i apologize again for i'm that. i'm not mad you know i'm not know. mad right i know yeah i'm not mad and uh then I, I remember falling asleep in my car after T dropped me home. Mm-hmm. Just like waking up at like 6 a.m. when the sun's coming up. Yeah. I was like, oh. Did you know when you woke up that morning that T had driven you home? Yeah, because I was in the passenger seat. Okay, yeah. So I'm just going to quick describe the situation. So yeah. uh, we were at an open mic. Tyler, you got drunker Shit than usual, face. although... You, up to that point, had been drinking, I don't know, like a lot. Yeah, regularly a lot. And also, like, at the open mic, I I know that you you were having more drinks than than I could handle. Yeah. Um, That's, you know, makes sense. But... I am nine feet taller than you. (laughs) You were very clearly, like, not okay to drive. Yeah. And... Your intention was to drive home, and T, who was the bartender, later I was like, "You overserved him," and T was like, "I thought he lived in Millersville, <laughs> which is right near." Like he thought you were, yeah. He like, thought you were close enough to walk home. Yeah. So he didn't realize that this was a a situation where 
somebody would have to help you. Yeah. Um, I think this, what, what really surprised all of us, me and Emily, who is my wife and Rob, who is our dad, our close um, and personal friend, Rob. Right. Uh, he's, he's a great guy. Um, we all had to like, just really wrestle you to get you a ride home. And what ended yeah. up happening is that T, the bartender that overserved you because he thought you lived within walking distance, drove your car with you in it yeah. to your house and well, his wife followed behind him so she could drive him home. Yeah. Um, Not my proudest moment. No. And also, <sighs> you're 22 years old. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, even when I was drinking a lot, was very responsible about not driving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you're like your recklessness in that moment was motivated by like not wanting to be in trouble with your parents. Yeah. Do you remember me saying that? You're like, I'm not a pussy. I can drive. And I was like, I was like, why do you want to drive? And you're like, because my dad will be so mad at me. And I was like, that's a pussy thing to say. Do you yeah. remember that conversation? I vaguely, as you're saying it now, kind of. Yeah. That sounds like something I would say. <laughs> I'm not a pussy, Audrey. And I was like, clearly you are. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there, there are a couple other instances where... Not in, like, exactly the same vein of that story, but, like, where people had to, like, take care of me because I was so, like, messed up, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I would do stuff, like, I would, like, hurt myself, like, when I was drinking, and, like, I would, like, use it for, like, coping with, like, life shit mm-hmm. and, like, depression. And, uh... It always, like, it makes it better for, like, a little bit, but then, like, it makes it, like, way worse in, like, the long run, you know? Because I just yeah. feel, like, way shittier the next day. And I have to, like, apologize to people and be like, I'm sorry. I also fi- found that when I would drink a lot one in the evening, when I woke up, I stopped having, like, physical hangovers after a while. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely have some kind of like dysregulated anxiety hangover. Yeah. Um, I think that may have also had to do, and I, I don't know really the difference like metabolically, but it seemed like harder, hard liquors um, made me have that kind of like everything is wrong with the world feeling the following yeah. day. Um, and. I mean, one of the reasons that I quit drinking is because that I, because of comedy, I found prior to COVID, I found myself in a bar, like, yeah. I don't know, like sometimes five, six, seven nights a week. Yeah. And so I was. They serve alcohol in bars. They, they serve alcohol in bars. Right. And I don't do very well with. I do okay with. Um, like, I always had like a. It was it was kind of a flimsy thing, but I like I I had a, a limit of how many drinks I would have. What was your limit? Four. 
And then it became five. And then it was like, on Saturdays, I don't have a limit and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Unlimited Saturdays. Right. So when I... Coming to an Applebee's New Year. So, okay, this is, this is what happened. So I, as of August 19th, have been sober-ish with a few slip-ups for two years. I don't go to AA. Yeah. I don't collect the chips. I have had a couple times where I did drink in the past two years, but for the most part, mm-hmm. I've stayed sober for two years. Uh, I count. I, I just didn't want to start over. Yeah. Like, I don't want to no, start I over counting. Um, and it, I feel like it was enough of those two years to claim two years. Yeah. <laughs> COVID was actually really helpful because I've never been an at-home drinker. Yeah. I became that once COVID happened. An at-home drinker? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would, like, drink in my room, like, silently. Yeah. Like, by myself. I had already... And I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> I had already been sober for seven months with no slip-ups when COVID started. Mm -hmm. The first time I drank after... This is is funny because it's like comedy is a definite trigger for this. Yeah. The first time I drank um, was the first time we did the Phantom Power open mic outdoors, that first one. Uh Uh-huh. I like got pretty drunk and i was like embarrassed you i'm gonna tell you a story tyler okay no one can tell when i'm very drunk which is i think more dangerous for me yeah like nobody nobody would ever be like oh audrey's hammered yeah you've always kind of like a baseline yep yeah i've never like you've definitely drank around me i feel Mm -hmm. like yeah yeah but i've never like oh man Audrey's fucked up right now. Yeah. I've never... If I ever, like, feel not okay, then I just go home. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll do, like, I'll do an Irish goodbye, a hasty skidoo. I got really good at those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um... And then... I just had, like, a little bit of... I think it was definitely the long haul of COVID this year in March mm-hmm. mixed with some other stuff. Yeah. And I drank then, but, uh, that's it. I mean, like, that's yeah, it. That's still pretty good. Though. Yeah. That's like, why really I said, good. that's why I said I'm counting two years. Yeah. It's not like I relapse once a week and I'm still like two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you feel since you're 35 days sober? Um, I definitely feel like more like clarity, I think. I've also like weaned down like a lot from like the clonopin and Xanax, mm-hmm. which has also been helpful. And I got my medical marijuana card to help with like sleep and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, You're California sober? Yeah. <laughs> have you heard that expression? Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the clonopin's been like, harder to not take than than drink i don't know i just like like feeling like loose like if i go out to like an open mic and be like 
like if I'm feeling like nervous and I drink like a couple of rum and cokes, then I'll feel fine. But then I'll like forget my set, mm-hmm. and then I'll have like six more after my set. Right. And then I drive home drunk, and then I yeah. drink more, and then it's you can drink so much. I know you're like a camel. <laughs> Um, like, and you're very drunk, but also like, do you, like, do you know, I would, I would be throwing up things I ate in past lives if I drank as much as you did. I don't know. I've, yeah, I developed a pretty high tolerance towards the end. Well, I definitely noticed that too, is that my, my tolerance was getting higher and higher. Mm -hmm. Um, but do you have a history of alcoholism in your family? Mm, no, I don't think so. Well, like my, my grandma drank a lot. My grandpa was a casual drinker. My dad used to drink a lot in college, but then he quit. I think when he was like nineteen. Does he drink at all? Only at like weddings and shit. My mom will get have a glass of wine like every month with like her. She has ladies' nights, she calls it. Oh, okay. Teacher friends. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and my brother hasn't done anything illegal ever, except for probably some tax shit. Right. Yeah. Do your parents know about your. Yeah, I, that was a tough conversation. What'd you I say? I was like lying to them about like. Because I told them I wasn't, like, drinking because they just don't like me drinking, like, at all. And I was like, I have a drinking problem (laughs) (laughs) that I've been hiding. And that was tough. But then I was like, I'm going to start going to AA meetings. They were like, good. But I was still, like, worried because I kind of just, like, sprung this on them, like, one day. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they've been uh, supportive, which has been good. A lot of my friends have been supportive, which is good. And uh, you've been very supportive. I, I definitely you. support you. Yeah. Do you feel like a kinship with the other people at AA? Or does it strike you as you're as familiar to your experience when you go to AA? Yeah. Um that there's definitely a lot of people who've had it like worse than like mm-hmm. worse problems than I have. But um I don't know, it depends who's like like sharing. Like sometimes people will just come in and like complain about their lives and how they don't want to go to meetings and stuff, but they like feel like they have to. That's what people talk about in AA. They're like, I don't wanna be here, but I have to be here. Occasionally. That's kinda sometimes. how I talk about hosting an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> Last it's, night it's when basically the, an open yeah. mic, just a lot darker and less funny. Right. Yeah, there's some funny times. Most of the time unintentional right. in, in the meetings. But uh, What do you do? Like, can you describe an AA meeting for me? I've never I've never been to one. I've it, seen them on TV, but I've never yeah. been to one. So, like, it's it's basically, like, how they show it on, like, TV. Like, I think you have to talk more. Like... Something. You, like, sit around, sometimes in, like, a circle, and, like, we go over, like, the, uh... Serenity prayer? Oh, that's at the end. Oh, yeah. okay. And, uh, fuck, I don't know. I'm gonna sound like a shitty AA person, because I don't remember what the thing is called, but, like, they go over, like, 
Is the, it the uh, big book? Yeah, that's the the one Bill W wrote. Mm-hmm. And like the twelve like uh, steps. There's twelve, right? Or ten? There's twelve. Twelve, yeah. <laughs> so they, I haven't they started go that over yet. the twelve steps. Well, they they read the twelve steps and like the twelve promises, which is in the back of the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous book. And uh, they're like basically the only requirement to come to AA is if you want to have a desire to stop drinking. Right. And I was like, word. And then you kind of just like share like how your week's been going and like if something's like triggering you, like that's making you like want to drink, you can share that. And like some of the different like themes we talk about, like gratitude and shit, mm-hmm. which is good. But um, for me, I guess, like, I kind of, like, listen to the other people's, like, stories as, like, a reminder to myself, like, why I shouldn't, like, drink. Right. Because, like, I mean, honestly, like, I'm, like, lucky that, like, I'm not, like, dead right now or, like, killed somebody with my car or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was acting way too recklessly, like a lot of the time right over the past like two years no like year and a half yeah i mean you know that that night where we all like fought with you about driving home like that's all i could think about i was like you're like you couldn't stand up i was like you're gonna hit a pole on george street we're gonna see like we're gonna pass the ambulance while while we go (laughs) that's like the only thing i could think about yeah um and the other thing is, and I know that everybody laughs at me when I say this because it doesn't sound like a good reason to stop drinking. I have been doing comedy for a long time. And yeah. I have seen so many good comics drink too much, get a DUI, get an ankle bracelet, and never return to comedy. Yeah. And I remember telling you that, and you're like, somebody will give me a ride. <laughs> And I was like, this, this is, uh, I, I'm not getting through to this kid. Yeah. Cause it's, <laughs> I think it's very hypothetical to be like, you could hurt yourself or you could kill somebody else. Um, most people think that that's not going to happen, but mm-hmm. there are really concrete examples of several that comedians that I know that have quit because, because of DUI. DUIs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like shitty to say, but like I felt like at the time, like that I was like really good at like drinking and driving. Yeah. Like I was like at the time I was like, yeah, I'll be fine. Like I've done this like dozens of times. Like I'll be good. But there was like a couple like close calls, and I was like, well, fuck. And then I, <laughs> another time I drove home, and just like fell asleep like in my car, like in the driver's seat, and like my mom like woke me up at like six o'clock when she was taking the dog out and i was like what the fuck right and then like i made up like a lie of like yeah it was, was that the good. time you barfed in your car and you made up a lie about why you barfed in the car oh that was a difference that was that was actually wasn't drinking related actually no what kind of was i <laughs> no i barfed in my dad's car you barfed in your dad's car and then and it was like cleaning it for like an hour and 30 minutes after I got home at like one. Yeah. So I told yeah. you you should blame it on our other comedian friend that you blame everything on. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually. Like, I did blame it on it. him. Avery puked in my car. No, I, 
uh, we've me and Avery have uh, smoothed everything over. Yeah, you guys now. are you they guys like, are friends again. They like my parents like Avery. Oh, I love, okay. I love Avery. He saved my life, basically. He does seem like he would be good with parents. He is really good with parents. Yeah. We can talk about that story with Avery if you want. Well, I... you, you could tell it. Okay. So, another this like similar story was uh, I went to my friend Avery's house, and uh, I brought over like two six packs of like Coors Light. I know he like Coors Light. And then I drank eight of the 12, and then, like, I started, like, secretly, like, sneaking, like, Tito's, like, vodka, like, when he went upstairs, like, go to the bathroom. And uh, I did that a few times, and then I blacked out, and I was, tell- I was like, on the floor, and, like, he was, like, wrestling me down, and, like, I told him that I wanted to, like, kill myself, and, like, I pulled out my dick and I pissed on his carpet and I had to pay for a carpet cleaner. I didn't have to, but I felt really bad. So I Time out. The way, <laughs> I know the story, but the way that I always pictured this happening is that you passed out and peed yeah. yourself. But hang on. You were mad at Avery for holding you back. And you deliberately... Wait, I was mad at... You were you deliberately peed on his carpet because you were mad at him? No. Oh, okay. I just had to pee. Oh, I thought you were like, like, he like... was wrestling me and I was saying I wanted to kill <laughs> no, myself no, no. and he was holding me back, so I whipped out my dick and I pissed on his carpet. <laughs> no. Okay. That's a funnier story, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like... Like urinating on a carpet out of anger. Out of anger because you're... <laughs> yeah, it's like your drunken decision. You're like, yeah, well, <laughs> I just peed on your mom and dad's floor why do you guys all live with your parents uh we're comedians yeah um and then he like he took care of me bless his heart yeah um got me like food at a diner and then i ended up losing my phone at the diner when i had to go back and it was just a whole fucking mess and like the girl i was like seeing at the time we would like drink a lot together and uh like i would get like too drunk and like like she even told me that it was like getting like to be a problem about how much i was drinking but she like didn't think i could quit drinking i think she didn't want you to quit drinking because that was one of the pillars of your relationship relationship. yeah or a cocktail couple or whatever they say well i think not really but i mean you you just graduated but she was still a college student and i think that was a lot of i mean that's a big part of college college yeah drinking culture is huge in college yeah um and i i mean I I have theories about that. Like I I grew up in a major city and so I had a lot of experiences mm-hmm. good and bad in high school. So when I came to college I felt like I'm just going to be an adult and go to school. Yeah. But I think that drinking culture particularly influences white kids from the suburbs. And they're they have their like first taste of freedom, and they don't know how to manage it. Yeah. And they think they're adults, 
but they're behaving in a way that's really reckless. And it's not that uncommon for young people in college to develop alcoholism that then mm. carries into their actual adulthood. Yeah. So. I mean, I never thought I was acting like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, but I, I'm a, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not like yeah. doing sociology, uh, breakdown of the white suburban college kid but i think that also has to do with like being raised super strictly yeah maybe yeah yeah i mean and there's drinking culture in high school too um Not for me i didn't go to any parties in high school no i mean i did go to parties in high school but i feel like i really do feel like there's a difference in growing up with exposure to like heroin well yeah i mean that <laughs> kind of that's kind of, yeah. yeah well i also grew up in the height of the crack epidemic yeah um which really was pretty evident in philly um not necessarily in the neighborhood that i grew up in but around the, the high school that i went to for sure i i don't know i don't know if it was a like the dare program really got to me i i'm not sure but um but i was one of the kids that went to parties i went to a lot of concerts mm. um i like punk shows i went to a lot of punk shows i did things in high school that then when i got to college i was like i don't have to play games anymore yeah like you already yeah know what's up right like i don't want to I don't know, Thirsty Thursday with yeah. all of you bros. <laughs> also, I didn't go to a cool college. I went to a college where everybody was, for the most part, a white kid from the suburbs. And then I felt a little bit like a duck out of water. Isn't it fish out of water? <laughs> fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. An odd duck. <laughs> An odd duck. I Yeah, you're right. I don't know if that was like a different phrase. Nope. <laughs> it's a fish out of water. I feel like a fish out of water and an, and an odd duck. Are you glad that you stopped drinking? Yes. Do you feel like it's a forever choice? <laughs> you're, you're making it sound like a... Like when I was a kid, and they're like, "Do you want to have Jesus to be your forever friend forever?" <laughs> <laughs> no, like, do you ever think like, that you might get a a handle on this and be able to responsibly consume alcohol in a way that is shows that you have some restraint and you can moderate. But I mean, for me, it was like always wanting to get like drunk. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of like, what's the point of having like two drinks with mm -hmm. like? someone that because i'm just going to be in the back of my head i'll be like why can't i just like have seven more right i think <laughs> that know? that's that's probably an indication that you should should not because i think that yeah. too i think and i this is an indication that i shouldn't drink because i don't see the point in like somebody that orders a fancy cocktail yeah. with their dinner that i don't know like I was like, you're going to order eight more of those? Right, yeah. Well, those are expensive. <laughs> Just know. get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the, how I think. I would literally say, give me your cheapest shot of whiskey right. or vodka. Yeah, because the purpose of alcohol for you was to 
get drunk. Yeah, get drunk. But get, like, out of your mind drunk, too. Yeah. Like, some people don't mind being a little, like, buzzed. But, like, you weren't home anymore. (laughs) You get so drunk. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I can just, like... Like, I'm less, like, anxious, like you said, about, like, the hangovers. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm, like, don't have to, like, worry about, like, what I did last night and, like, apologize to, like, my friends. Be like, I'm sorry I was an Mm -hmm. asshole. Right. Because, yeah. And, um, it would, like, make me, like, really, like, nervous, like, the next day. And, like, you said, like, everything's going wrong with the world type feeling. I've had that feeling before. And, uh. I've actually never had a blackout drunk moment. Yeah. It was more of a physical anxiety that I would have the following day. It wasn't like anxiety about what I did or I didn't feel bad. Like it was um, instead of getting like a headache and like dry mouth and as like sick to my stomach, which was like my hangovers when I first started drinking, yeah. it was just like a hangover where I felt like, that the physical feelings of anxiety. Okay. Um, which I sometimes get just without any triggers. Like yeah. sometimes I just, maybe it's like, it might be like hormonal or something, but uh, where I'm like extra vigilant when I'm driving, I feel like somebody, like I'm going to have an accident any minute. Like yeah. when I was drinking, especially when I was drinking so often, mm. I would have that feeling like for constantly. most of most of my morning into the afternoon every day. Yeah. And when I stopped drinking, it became just like something that still happens to me that kind of it's sort of like a low level panic attack, mm-hmm. which I think is just part of like my mental health journey. But mm-hmm. drinking definitely triggered that feeling. Yeah. Really bad. And it wasn't wasn't guilt or shame about what I had done while drinking. Mm-hmm. It was it was just like almost purely physical. Something yeah. changed in my body chemistry or my brain chemistry that made me anxious the following day after drinking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely had similar experiences like that. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like more emotionally connected or? Like to people? Or, or like just like myself? to your own, to your own feelings <laughs> you know like your feelings and stuff <laughs> i've actually uh i don't know since i like got my medical marijuana card i've been like doing a lot of like just like thinking mm-hmm. like by myself and like meditating on like decisions that i made and like what i would want to change about my life and that's been pretty positive so far have you drawn any conclusions um, I had this epiphany a while ago that, uh, life is all about relationships, mm-hmm. like, when I was high, and I kind of, like, believed that, and, like, I don't know, trying to, like, f- like, form, like, better relationships with, like, my friends and, like, hmm. stronger connections with, like, my family, like, um, as much, like, shit I've talked about, like, my parents the past, like, ever since I started doing comedy, <laughs> Like, we've been actually getting, like, a lot closer since I've, like, decided to get, like, quit drinking and stuff. Good. Yeah. Are they supporting you? Like, do they ask about it? Or? About the drinking? Yeah, do they ask, like, how you're doing? 
like are you attending meetings or like are they following up with you uh sometimes yeah i um i was going i was going to meeting like every day for the first like week and a half and then i kind of just stopped i was like oh i got this and then i like relapsed like because i was like uh i was gonna end the uh the relationship I had with said girl mm-hmm. and like a couple days. I don't even ago. remember her name. And that's true. <laughs> it's okay. We're not going to say it. I, I mean, I couldn't, if you gave me a test on it right now, couldn't come up with it. So it's just, there's an N in it. But it doesn't start with N. No. I didn't think so. It's also an Oh, I wonder what's wrong with my thoughts and stuff. Uh, oh, I I think I remember. I remember. I think I remember. You mouthed it to me. Jenna. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Wait, what about her? <laughs> <laughs> you said when you uh, when you were when you were seeing that girl, or when you broke up with that. Oh, girl. Oh yeah. So like the uh, I was planning on ending things, and then like I was just like nervous and like. Cause like I really cared about this person, like I love this person, and then I was like, "Fuck!" And I just didn't know how to handle like my feelings. So I just like got shit faced. Mm. Was that before or after the epiphany that life is all about relationships? That was after. After. Yeah. You're like life is all about relationships, except this <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh... But um. And then, and that was maybe like what two weeks into your start of sobriety. Uh, I think that was like no, I think it was like three or four. Okay, yeah, I was pretty close. No, to like you're a only month. oh okay, you were pretty close to a month. And then I oh that's right, you you start the count over. Up. I didn't do that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and then I like like I woke up with like that uh like extreme anxiety that mm-hmm. you're talking about and i was like yeah fuck this forever basically right. like i don't want to drink anymore right because like i would like look back and like i make pros and cons lists sometimes mm-hmm. and like i was like pros and cons to drinking it's like pro sometimes it makes events more fun <laughs> <laughs> And like con, sometimes it doesn't make events more fun. You right. can die or hit someone with your car, you'll feel miserable the next day. You can right. get alcohol poisoning and like your friends are starting to hate you. Right. <laughs> like you're lying to your family constantly. It's I was like, recently. Oh, maybe this yeah. isn't like good. <laughs> the cons list is definitely longer. Yeah. I was, um, I was at a trivia night with newer friends Mm -hmm. and um they like they won like a round of drinks and they were like what do you want and i was like oh i don't drink Mm -hmm. um and i i don't know it seemed it seemed odd to me but one of these people i just met her said to me can i ask you why you don't drink anymore and because I'm an asshole, I was like, well, for the other, like, the reasons everybody stops drinking, it was really strengthening my relationships and making me have, <laughs> like, make really good decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, what? Not everybody understands sarcasm. So I was yeah. like, 
I did think that was weird, though. I, that was like the first time I felt like kind of put on the spot, except a little bit um, at the uh, when I first stopped drinking. The comedy places that I frequent, mm-hmm. the bartenders would notice and they would yeah ask yeah they would mention it yeah, um and so I'd have to be like oh you know I'm just taking a break. Mm-hmm. Now you know I've taken a really long break, but yeah, I don't know. I don't like a lot of attention around it. Um, yeah, it might be because I'm afraid of the accountability, but yeah, I, I feel why you would be nervous about that. But I, I just like, I kind of like like having accountability in certain things. Right, and yeah, I feel right. like this is like one of the instances where like I need accountability. Well, I have my eye on you. Yeah. My parents definitely. Uh, they. They're. It's not like they don't support it, but I think they think that I, that because my my younger sister doesn't drink at all either, and I I think that my parents are like sometimes it feels like they're disappointed in us that you don't drink that we're not having yeah that we're not drinking with them. That's so like weird to me. I know. Have you? I've I've done that joke right where I say like I'm two years sober, and um, now when I go home, my parents call me this really cute little nickname, Sister Mary, High and Mighty. <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually really call me that, but okay, good. Yeah, That'd be kind of a they don't, but they. they it's, it's just get, I like thing. I just get that impression when I when I'm around my parents that. Have you ever like talked to them about it? Like, hey, mom. Well, I, I pretty much all of us have had a conversation with my mom about her drinking. Yeah. Um, because it really is problematic. Um, my my dad was a really heavy drinker when we were like little kids, but he's slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. But my mom's has escalated to a point that it's like really, I think, going to impact her health overall. Yeah. Um. But every time, every time the topic comes up, my mom is so good at making you feel like you're the asshole because you made her feel shame. And we're not even really shaming her. We're just yeah. saying, hey, I think this is a problem. Like we're concerned about right, you. Right. We're yeah. concerned. You drink quite a bit every day. And she's yeah. also she has she has type two diabetes now, mm-hmm. but most likely from alcohol. How much she drinks, yeah, yeah, damn. And she keeps saying like she's getting all these food allergies, um, but I was talking to my younger sister about it. And we're like, this, these aren't food allergies. This is like pancreatitis or yeah. cirrhosis. Like something is wrong. Jesus. Yeah, I'm sorry. So yeah, it's a bummer. It's definitely hard to watch, and it was a big part of the reason why I quit drinking. Yeah. Um. And my dad, you know, my dad's a like a beer drinker. He's not like a hard liquor drinker. Mm-hmm. Um. And he, I think he, like he used to kill a twenty four pack in two days, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of like PBR when yeah. I was a kid. But he's definitely not not that guy anymore. Um. That's good. Yeah. So it's less. I don't know. Like, he's he's still, like, an annoying drunk. Yeah. Um, 
but it's not as every day as my mom. And my mom, my mom is an obnoxious drunk. Yeah, she's intolerable, and it's every day. And I mm. only, I only see my mom like twice a month. Yeah, my younger sister lives with her. Oy. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I also I uh, read this article right before I stopped drinking that said that if a woman has, I want to say, it said if a woman has four drinks per week, she has a higher likelihood, like a want, like a ten percent or some some kind of troubling percent higher risk of breast cancer and i have Maybe a family my history was a secret drunk well i don't think that that's it but I'm yeah but i my mom had breast cancer that's, yeah that, that was kind of a, when was that that she had breast cancer uh when i was like in fifth grade oh okay so like 12 years ago she's been good though after her surgery that's good yeah um so I read that article and it said it said four drinks per week. Yeah. And at that point I was at like five drinks per night. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I like, what is that? Quadruple the risk of breast cancer? Breast cancer yeah. also runs in my family mm. right alongside alcoholism. They're trying to one, you know, we don't know who's going to win. It's like the top Are you going to die of like... alcoholism or are you going to die of breast cancer? Um, so I just... Like kind of in that, in that moment, was like you know, this is, this is enough. Yeah. I, it's not, it's not enhancing my life in any way. Yeah. It costs a lot of money. It costs a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Especially those fucking fancy cocktails you're talking about. The people only get one of. I wasn't a fancy cocktail guy. I mean, neither was I. But when in Rome. Right. <laughs> I'm at yeah. a fancy cocktail place, which happened like once, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you were only ever at a fancy <laughs> cocktail place once. Uh, That's what it was called. It was called Fancy Cocktail yeah. Place. Established 1984. <laughs> <laughs> Cost money. It's not, it's not good for your relationships or your health. Apparently, yeah. it can give you cancer um, or a much higher risk of cancer. So. Yeah liver cancer yeah i don't know there are very few times now where i feel like i really would like to drink but those times are the the feeling is pretty strong yeah i've i've definitely run into that too like sometimes at like mics i'll be like oh i just really want to fucking like yeah get drunk right now i'm like no like push it back yeah yeah disassociating comedy with drinking was challenging like i don't i I don't smoke cigarettes anymore but i will still smoke cigarettes at an open mic yeah um it's honestly like the best place to smoke (laughs) well i know it's like a social thing i think too but uh but the same for drinking comedy is a huge trigger i think comedy is a huge trigger for unhealthy coping skills yeah um Cause you're not you're not standing in the bathroom mirror at an open mic like yeah. saying affirmations. Sex, cigarettes, right. or drugs, or yeah. alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Comedy is a dark, dark place.
was like very like almost like too easy to get my card i feel like <laughs> like the guy it was like a zoom call but the zoom call wasn't working so i just like gave him my number and he just like called me and asked me like three questions he's like he's like oh you're pretty young tyler oh what you need a miracle marijuana for i'm like anxiety <laughs> <laughs> and he was like it's like all right do you have a job are you still in school i'm like i have a job I feel like that wasn't a question about why do you want medical marijuana. I think that was like, you're pretty young, Tyler. Don't you have any friends that could yeah, give you marijuana? that's true. It's been honestly like super helpful with like sleep and stuff. Like... Were you not sleeping before? I mean, you know my sleep schedule is pretty... Well, your sleep schedule was really strange, but... And like I was, I was like waking up like three hours into it and like having trouble going back and like not very good quality of sleep, but like with the stuff I'm taking, I'm just like out for like seven hours and like sleeping through the night. Good. I was like, wow, I haven't done this. Like, are you going to bed at like a normal human hour instead of? Six o'clock in the morning. I went to bed at two last night. That's pretty good. That's better than. Yeah. And it was. <laughs> yeah. That's still almost yesterday. <laughs> yeah. It was only like. That's actually like my favorite ago. thing that like <laughs> really shows our age difference when you text me at six o'clock in the morning and say, are we meeting tomorrow? <laughs> but what you actually mean is, are we meeting today? And I'm like in the shower and I'm yeah. like, I thought we were meeting today. And I'm like, oh, it's still yesterday for Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like your OCD symptoms have reduced because of the medical marijuana? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm like, I, there's two different like, you know, indica and sativa, like the differences between those two. I don't know the differences. I know that there are okay. so two, two, but then like in the, in the strains, they make other things that they're like, this is called grandpa's birthday cake yeah 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 Yeah. so um like i've tried like sativas which are like the uh the more like creative like oh let's go outside and like have like more energy type stuff but that usually makes me like anxious and like i don't do well with that so then i like smoke like the indica i said that weird indica and uh because that's they call like indica like in the couch like you try to like Okay. That's a way to like remember it. So because it's, it's sleepy. it relaxes you and makes you yeah. sleepy. And when you go to the dispensary, mm-hmm. did you talk to somebody about what yeah. things you wanted to treat with the medical marijuana? Yeah. Because I know if you went in there and you were like, I want to treat back pain, it would probably be something different yeah. than I want to treat my mental health disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have, like, all different types of stuff. Like, I went and talked to this, like, lady. I thought she was a doctor, but based on the vernacular she was using, she probably wasn't a doctor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what uh, training these folks yeah. have. She was uh, wearing a coat. I thought yeah, she was a I doctor. Yeah, they, they call them, they call They call them pharmacists, but I'm pretty sure they didn't go to yeah. pharmacology school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh... So yeah, I've, been, I've tried like the vapes, I've tried like drops, like before bed, like I've tried THC capsules so far. And yeah, I've been like, 
like I didn't take any Klonopin today and I only took like a quarter of a pill yesterday, which is like eight times less than what I was like normally taking a year ago. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know like the science of cannabis versus benzos, but I'm pretty sure benzos are more addictive and worse for you long term. long term yeah i mean i will say this <laughs> i know that benzos when taken long term can contribute to dementia yeah but i have met some elderly potheads and i'm not not sure yeah. that they aren't affected by their long-term marijuana use yeah uh just just so I mean, yeah. I, like I'm not for or against medical marijuana, but I mm. I just want to know, like I want you to know that I don't believe that it is without its long term yeah. effects. I agree. Because man, some of those old guys. Yeah. It's hard to uh, hard to have a conversation with them. Do I seem like I'm turning into a pothead? No, I'm just okay, saying. Good. I'm saying. I I actually feel like if you feel like you have more presence of mind and more clarity for your thoughts and stuff, mm-hmm. um, that keep smoking that reefer, right? Well, yeah, I'm and yeah. getting off benzos mm-hmm. is good because if yeah. so, you can have really horrible withdrawal symptoms from yeah. benzos, like say you you know ran out of them. Um, or somebody took them away because you were abusing them, which I've seen really bad uh, benzo withdrawals from people who were abusing their benzos. But, um, yeah, it's. I think it's good. And I think Mm -hmm. that you should... You did the right thing by weaning off of the clonopin. Yeah. I, I know somebody else that had a pretty serious Xanax habit that has been able to to get off the Xanax by using medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like nervous to like stop it like completely. Because I feel like... Well, you said you did. You took none today and a quarter of a pill yesterday. I know, but like... Yeah. Yeah. So then it's just around for as needed. Yeah. Which is actually how you're supposed to take it if you take it at all. Yeah. You're you're not supposed to just like be like, well, time for my clonopin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah. Um a lot of people do that. But uh because they like feel I'm like we're to like stop completely cuz it's been like a part of my life like almost every day for like right. 2 years almost. Right. Um but we'll get through it. This is another <laughs> thing that I know about benzos like clonopin and xanax is that Mm -hmm. if you take it that way if you're like time for my clonopin and you just take your afternoon clonopin yeah frequently you will feel more anxious in the afternoons because your your body is expecting it so once you reduce what you're taking and you're taking it just as needed like say something awful happens and your anxiety is like up to 11 Mm -hmm. and you need it to get to a normal baseline level of anxiety so that you can function then you take a clonopin that's his actual use 
Okay. It's not really meant to yeah. be used as a daily drug. See, like on the prescription bottle, would be like take like one to like a half to one and a half tablets per day as needed. Right. Yeah. Like, why'd you say per day? Because you shouldn't exceed one that. and a half in a day. If you do need to take it as needed. I feel like it's like purposefully like vague. Well, maybe. Maybe confusing. that's big pharma. Yeah. But like, you know, ibuprofen says take two every four hours and you're not like every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I'm, I guess I'll just have to keep taking ibuprofen every two <laughs> hours have, every like, day as needed. Extreme abdominal pain. Right. Yeah. I I think that you don't necessarily have to be a problem drinker to quit alcohol. Yeah. Um I don't feel like people are in any way like lesser than me for drinking. Get into it. But uh and it's legal and you know whatever. Yeah. Um but just freedom from things that are not serving you yeah is feel feels so much better and it's not always necessarily alcohol i mean that could be yeah. a relationship it could be, it could be a, a job it could be yeah. anything but for for me and i think also for you like alcohol was not something that was serving me it was actually yeah i think detracting from my life and could have gotten to a point where it escalated uh and i wasn't able to get it under control as easily yeah so i stopped um but like you said i definitely think it was like holding like me back from like being the version that i wanted like the version of myself that i like wanted to be a lot of times people who are problem drinkers all of their friends are problem drinkers as yeah. well Especially, I think, at your age. And, um, yeah. Or even, I mean, just in kind of like the bar culture. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, in my late 30s, I do also know a lot of people. I'm in my late 30s. I have no children. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people in their late 30s now who have no children. And what they do every night is get obliterated. Yeah. That's that's not that's not where I want to be. Yeah. In you know 10 or 15 years. I don't want to be like the the like 50-year-old party animal. Yeah. I'd rather not. Um and I also don't want to be the like sad sofa drinker <laughs> drinking two magnum bottles of wine a night yeah. like my mom. I mean, anyway, what are your parting thoughts? Uh, it's hard and it sucks sometimes, but it's also amazing. That's it. That's our show. 
Thank you so much for sticking with us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, there are resources available near you. There is no national helpline, so it's best to Google addiction resources in your state and county. And hey, remember, you deserve a good life. This struggle is not your birthright. You are capable of controlling the things that do and do not serve you, and the best version of you is already there, waiting to be realized. Oh, and you're funny. You're so funny. I feel like there's got to be some other way to establish, like, you're a comic, I'm a comic. You're coming up on stage because I've brought you up on stage. I feel like shaking hands should be should be done. I feel like we should Get a new bow thing. and curtsy. <laughs> I, I, I fuck with bowing. Well, maybe, maybe we should start that trend, except that I think that the open mic like host should bow and... The comic coming up on stage should curtsy. <laughs> He's or or she is done. Do does he or she then bow no. to the host? Host, bow, host bows. Comics curtsy. Curtsy. Do the comics have to curtsy after they're set? <laughs> yeah. When they pass the host. <laughs> no, facing out. Yeah, yeah. That's instead of saying like I'll leave you with this. They just I'll leave you with a curtsy. Yeah, just curtsy and do their last joke. Yeah. Or if they just want to end their set early, they're like, I'll leave you with this. And they curtsy. And they curtsy. <laughs> 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 yep. I think we solved it. Do you want to stop recording? I do. All right, me too. The end. My parents definitely, uh, they, they're, it's not like they don't support it, but I think they think that, uh, that, because my, my younger sister doesn't drink at all either. And I, I think that my parents are like, Sometimes it feels like they're disappointed in us. That you don't drink. That we're not having, yeah, that we're not drinking with them. That's so, like, weird to me. I know. Have you, I've, I've done that joke, right, where I say, like, I'm two years sober, and um, now when I go home, my parents call me this really cute little nickname, Sister Mary, Hi and Mighty. <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually really call me that, but... Okay, good. Yeah. That would be kind of a they don't, but they, they just, just get I like thing. I just get that impression when I when I'm around my parents that Have you ever like talked to them about it like, "Hey, mom." Well, I, I pretty much all of us have had a conversation with my mom about her drinking. Yeah. Um because it really is problematic. Um my my dad was a really heavy drinker when we were like little kids, but he's slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. But my mom's has escalated to a point that it's like really, I think, going to impact her health overall. Yeah. Um, but every time, every time the topic comes up, my mom is so good at making you feel like you're the asshole. Because you made her feel shame. And we're not even really shaming her. We're just yeah. saying, hey, I think this is a problem. Like we're concerned about right, you. Right, we're yeah. concerned. You drink quite a bit every day. And yeah. she's also, she has she has type 2 diabetes now. Mm-hmm. But most likely from Alcohol. how much she drinks, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she keeps saying like she's getting all these food allergies. Um, but I was talking to my younger sister about it. We're like, this, these aren't food allergies. This is like pancreatitis or yeah. cirrhosis. Like something is wrong. Jesus. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, yeah, it's a bummer. It's definitely hard to watch. And it was a big part of the reason why I quit drinking. Yeah. Um, and my dad, you know, my dad's a like a beer drinker. He's not like a hard liquor drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think he, like he used to kill a 24 pack in two days <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of like PBR when yeah. I was a kid, but he's definitely not, not that guy anymore. Um, That's good. Yeah. So it's less, I don't know. Like he's, he's still like an annoying drunk. Yeah. Um, but it's not as every day as my mom. And my mom, my mom is an obnoxious drunk. Yeah. She's intolerable, and it's every day. And I mm. only I only see my mom like twice a month. Yeah. My younger sister lives with her. Oy. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. My parents definitely. Uh, they. They're. It's not like they don't support it, but I think they think that uh, that because my my younger sister doesn't drink at all either, and I I think that my parents are like sometimes it feels like they're disappointed in us that you don't drink that we're not having yeah that we're not drinking with them. That's so like weird to me. I know. Have you? I've I've done that joke right where I say like I'm two years sober, and um, now when I go home. My parents call me this really cute little nickname, Sister Mary, Hi and Mighty. <laughs> <laughs> they don't actually really call me that, but okay, good. Yeah, That'd be kind of a they don't, but they, they it's just get, I like thing. I just get that impression when I when I'm around my parents that have you ever like talked to them about it? Like, hey, mom. Well, what the fuck? I, I pretty much all of us have had a conversation with my mom about her drinking. Yeah. Um, because it really is problematic. Um, my my dad was a really heavy drinker when we were like little kids, but he's slowed down a lot. Mm-hmm. But my mom's has escalated to a point that it's like really, I think, going to impact her health overall. Yeah. Um, but every time, every time the topic comes up, my mom is so good at making you feel like you're the asshole because you made her feel shame and we're not even really shaming her we're just saying hey i think this is a problem like we're concerned about right we're concerned you drink quite a bit every day and she's also she has she has type 2 diabetes now Mm -hmm. but most likely from alcohol how much she drinks yeah yeah damn and she keeps saying like she's getting all these food allergies um but i was talking to my younger sister about it we're like these aren't food allergies this is like pancreatitis or cirrhosis like something is wrong yeah so yeah it's a bummer it's definitely hard to watch and it was a big part of the reason why i quit drinking yeah um and my dad, you know, my dad's a like a beer drinker. He's not like a hard liquor drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
he, I think he, like, he used to kill a 24 pack in two days <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, of like PBR when yeah. I was a kid, but he's definitely not, not that guy anymore. Um, That's good. Yeah. So it's less, I don't know. Like, he's, he's still like an annoying drunk. Yeah. Um, but it's not as, every day as my mom and my mom my mom is an obnoxious drunk yeah she's intolerable and it's every day and i mm. only i only see my mom like twice a month yeah my younger sister lives with her Oy. yeah it's bad yeah so in august of 2019 I made a decision. I wasn't going to drink anymore. And look, I don't really have problematic behavior around alcohol. I've never missed work or blacked out or gotten in a fight. I didn't usually get too drunk to drive. But in the lead up to quitting, I was also finding more and more that I did not like going a night without drinking. Pre-COVID, I was performing comedy just about every night. And just about every show was in a bar. I would was meeting friends for drinks or going out with my wife on comedy free nights. And I felt myself start to get mildly antsy at the end of my day, anticipating the time when I could go get a drink. These were feelings I recognized as a problem because I've been exposed to alcoholism my entire life. So I got it out of my life because I find it easier to completely abstain from things than to tell myself I'll moderate. So far, I've been successful. I'm still not sure this is a promise I'll keep for the rest of my life, but for now, it just feels better to be sober. Tyler is also on a journey of sobriety, so today we're going to have a candid conversation about our relationship with alcohol and how we each deal with the challenges of giving it up. We are so glad you're here. You're listening to The Cure with Audrey Marsh and Tyler Weigert. So, in August of 2019, I made a decision. I wasn't going to drink anymore. And look, I don't really have problematic behavior around alcohol. I've never missed work or blacked out or gotten in a fight. I didn't usually get too drunk to drive. But in the lead up to quitting, I was also finding more and more that I did not like going a night without drinking. Pre-COVID, I was performing comedy just about every night. And just about every show was in a bar. I was meeting friends for drinks or going out with my wife on comedy free nights. And I felt myself start to get mildly antsy at the end of my day, anticipating the time when I could go get a drink. These were feelings I recognized as a problem because I've been exposed to alcoholism my entire life. So I got it out of my life because I find it easier to completely abstain from things than to tell myself I'll moderate. So far, I've been successful. I'm still not sure this is a promise I'll keep for the rest of my life, but for now, it just feels better to be sober. Tyler is also on a journey of sobriety, so today we're going to have a candid conversation about our relationship with alcohol and how we each deal with the challenges of giving it up. We are so glad you're here. You're listening to The Cure with Audrey Marsh and Tyler Weigert. 